Hey, Life Group Leaders and Hosts, it's week six. Can you believe it? Let's jump into our icebreaker question. What is the farthest place you've ever flown to? Do you prefer the aisle middle or window seat? <laughs> this icebreaker will help you get to know each other a little bit by learning where everyone has traveled to and maybe even a few stories about their adventures. This question is actually prompted by Pastor Nate's title for this series, Fly, a study in Galatians. He shared with us how when the church truly embraces the gospel in its entirety and purity, that we are free to fly beyond what entangles us and into the purposes that God has for our lives. So encourage your group to see how they can embrace the teaching each week and see how God wants them to fly. After the icebreaker, go ahead and pray and then read the passage, which is Galatians 1, 1 through 9. The first question, what has stood out to you in this section of scripture or from Sunday sermon, please feel free to um, encourage your group to either kind of analyze the scripture and pull out you know, some reflections from the reading from the evening, or if there was something also that stood out to them from Sunday's sermon or both, um, of course, this is the time for that. All right. Question two, what does Paul accuse the church of in Galatians 1, 1 through 9? So this question provides the opportunity for your group to lay out the problem that Paul presents to the church in your own words. Um, this question is really meant to bring about just a short and sweet discussion. For the Galatians were turning to a different gospel, as identified in verse 6, being confused by the perversion of the gospel, verse 7, and entertaining the idea of false teachers in verses 8 through 9. So this is really all you're looking for. This question is meant to be simple and straightforward, picking out these points straight from the text. Verse or question three, why is it important that Paul calls the church to accept the gospel with nothing added? The goal of this question is to identify why it is so important to hold on to the truth and add nothing, nothing to it. Pastor Nate in his sermon shared three reasons why adding to the gospel is a bad idea. He explained how when we adopt a gospel plus mentality, we are abandoning Jesus and the purity and power of his sacrifice on the cross. Adding to the gospel is destructive because doing this literally reverses and undermines the truth. Adding to the gospel is a high stakes mistake because we compromise our favor with God in the process and could be cursed by the Lord's standards. It's just not worth it. Question four, what false narratives are you being told by others or yourself that can hinder your relationship with God? So the goal of this question is to identify any ideas, thoughts, or misconceptions that we have, which can distract us from following God to the fullest extent. We can consider a false narrative as something we're being told or that we're telling ourselves that is an incorrect interpretation of the truth. In the case of the Galatians, they were believing the false narrative that someone told them, uh, that was a perverted gospel, a version of which people were required to follow the Old Testament law in addition to accepting the salvation of Christ. This false narrative would lead people to believing they could earn their salvation, which completely undermines the good news we all know to be the truth. The Galatians' consideration of a works-based theology is still something that mankind battles with today. We cannot do anything to earn our salvation, and we receive it freely through Jesus Christ. So in addition to the one Paul calls out here 
in chapter one, there are other narratives that we may be told by the world or by ourselves that can cause us to stray from the Lord and the life he has for us. For example, the world may tell us a false narrative that we need to have the American dream, the two-story house, two and a half kids in order to be happy. Alternatively, the Apostle Paul tells us the true narrative we should believe, which is that we can be content in all circumstances and God will supply all our needs. Look in Philippians chapter 4 about that. Another false narrative that we may believe is simply that man is good in nature, when in fact we've all fallen short, according to Romans 3.23. Some may believe that they should keep their struggles to themselves, figuring out on their own. Yet we are called to confess to one another and pray to one another that we may be healed, according to James 5.16. So your group may have more specific and personal ideas about false narratives in their own life. And they might come directly to mind. They might also have trouble thinking of ways that they're not in line with the word. If this is the case, you can try an exercise where group members pick out one of their favorite Bible verses and share it with the group. Ask the group member to identify the truth that is most meaningful to them in the passage and share it with the group. Then ask the group to consider how the verse could be misinterpreted or a false narrative could come from it. Discuss the differences between accurate and inaccurate interpretations. So if you want to go deeper with this question, you could then ask, where do you find narratives of truth and how can you set your mind on them? In short, you can find narratives of truth in the Bible. (laughs) However, because we are human, we also have the potential to misinterpret scripture. So it's important to have additional resources like commentaries or trusted friends and mentors in the faith that help guide us in the right direction, in addition to the Holy Spirit in which we trust. Setting your mind on them takes intentionality, being willing to put aside time and being disciplined to be in the word on a regular basis. There may be other practical methods that your group can encourage each other with. Um, Strategies like putting post-it notes around the house or establishing a routine with a friend or family member that draws you into the truth. All right, question five. Who do you know that needs to hear the truth? How can you share his love and gospel with those around you this week? The goal is for your group members to identify someone in their life that needs to hear the truth of the gospel and receive God's love. Some people may need to hear the gospel in word, while others may respond to the gospel through deed. However, the Lord is leading your members to share Christ and the truth of the gospel with their friends and family. Encourage them to pray over their conversations and decisions together. Whatever the applications may be, encourage your group to live out God's word, reminding them that it's the Holy Spirit that empowers and equips us to follow his word. And as always, be prepared with a couple of application points you can share to get things started. Our prayer application this week um, is asking you to pray for for God to bless, pray for God to bless Calvary-supported gospel-sharing organizations like the Good News Club, which is part of the Christian Evangelism Fellowship, or the International Students Incorporated, ISI, and even um, open-air campaigners. You can find out more about these groups and others, including missionaries around the world, at calvary.com slash outreach. Pray that God would bless the words they speak and that they would fall on ears that are ready to hear and respond to our Lord and Savior. You can also take time to pray for those that you feel need to hear the truth from your group members this week, just like you answered in question five. All right, our leadership notes this week are talking about leading through life crisis. 
Leading your group members as they go through life's crisis is a bittersweet experience. On the one hand, our heart breaks with our members as they walk through certain challenges and grief. On the other hand, we can praise God for the opportunity to support them and see firsthand the miracles that God performs in their circumstances. Whether we're talking about the death of a family member, marriage problems, prodigal children, domestic violence, or any number of other situations, there could be a number of reactions or issues connected to a particular incident. As leaders, we must remember not to try to alleviate concerns with a silver bullet of a Bible verse or a one-liner of counsel. Oftentimes in a life crisis, love is actually spelled T-I-M-E, time. It's more like a marathon than a sprint. There may be basic needs that you can help cover, like meals or rides or things like that, uh, especially in the beginning when you find out about a particular life crisis. But keep in mind that emotional and spiritual healing takes time. Be patient with your life group member and yourself as you walk through the challenges together be honest with one another and with the lord be devoted to prayer and following up with each other including aspects of accountability to the extent that are necessary if additional resources are needed to engage with the life crisis please do not hesitate to reach out to your coach or the church staff for additional support all right, there's a couple leader host announcements I want to add to this guide. Um, I do ask that you would all please RSVP ASAP for the mid-quarter check-in that we have on October 23rd. So instead of meeting in our separate coaching groups uh, anywhere around the peninsula, we've decided to have a mid-quarter check-in with everyone coming together on the same date at the same time uh, for some encouragement and then to break up into our coaching groups at that time. So um, please RSVP online. The link is in the printed leader guide. Um, And then you could also just email or text me to let me know whether or not you'll be able to make it. It's just helpful for me to know, especially uh, because we want to provide childcare if it's needed and uh, some snacks as well. All right, so then there's finally an opportunity for discipleship um, at our fall festival. So last week we talked about the women's conference also being an opportunity for discipleship. So I pray that that was a great opportunity for you ladies. And coming up, we still have this opportunity at the fall festival. Um, Serving as either an individual or as a group is a marker of discipleship and spiritual growth that we want to see in life groups. So the fall festival is a great chance for your group to serve the Lord and his church in this way. We're actually looking for 30 or more people to help with this event. So you could volunteer as a group or simply encourage individuals who are new to the idea of serving at Calvary to sign up. Um, Be sure to reach out to the CK team, Calvary Kids team, uh, if you want to be matched with your life group members at a particular station or activity. All right. Um, Thank you guys so much for all that you do. Uh, Don't forget to share the announcements with your members each week. Uh, These are things that we share on Sundays, but that are really helpful to be reinforced throughout the week in case there's an opportunity for a member to be moved by the Lord, to be engaged in the church in this particular way. Um, Talking about these things in life groups is how we can see Jesus famous in our lives as we love him, grow in him, and share him in these different opportunities. So thanks again for all you do, and we'll see you around soon.